to The Turning Point Project. I'm Helen Rabello, founder of the Magical Life Movement and author of The Magical Unfolding, Eight Magical Processes for Peace, Potential and Purpose. And I believe that when you face transitions in life, you have to find a way to move forward through the messy bits, even when you feel scared. In this project, I talk to inspiring conscious souls about how they used to turning points to move from a life that didn't fully fit towards living a more intentional, fulfilling life despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and to always believe there is magic to be found in life even when you feel stuck in the messy middle. And if you haven't yet ordered your copy of The Magical Unfolding, head on over to the website to gift yourself a copy so that you can get all of the bonuses on offer to help you shape your next decade differently. Welcome to episode three of season two of the podcast. And today I'm talking to Amanda Cook, who is also known as The Wellpreneur. She is an author, podcaster, ancestral herbalist and a digital marketer who helps entrepreneurs to do well and be well. And if her name sounds familiar to you and you love podcasts, you may well have come across the Wellpreneur podcast, which is where I first discovered her. I've also done one of her programs. So it was a delight for me to get to spend time one-to-one with her and to hear more about her journey to really stepping into the work that she does now and also her more recent evolution into owning a bit more of what she calls her woo-woo side. And if you're a regular listener or you've read my book, you'll know that I'm all in on the woo-woo these days. So um, in this conversation, we, we talk about how she managed to really shift her life from being in the corporate world being over in America and this turning point that took her over to Europe and eventually led to her leaving the corporate world and really tapping into what she wanted from life. So we cover all kinds of things in this conversation. She gives loads of takeaways, loads of recommendations. There is so much juicy goodness in this conversation. So if you are able to maybe grab a pen and a piece of paper so that you can make some notes. And if not, just trust that you will hear exactly what your heart and soul need to hear right now. And I would love to know your key takeaways. So come on over to Instagram and let me know at Helen Rebello author. Enjoy. Lovely Amanda Cook. Thank you so, so much for agreeing to join me to share part of your story on the Turning Point Project. It's um it's been a long time waiting for me to actually get to talk to you. I've been part of your online world for quite a long time and um, I'm really, really happy to have you here. So welcome. Oh, thank you, Helen. I'm really excited to be here and a little bit, I'm, I'm curious to see how the conversation is going to unfold <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> you and me both, because they tend to take on their own little twists and turns. I know. <laughs> somewhat appropriately. (laughs) So when I first invited you to come and share part of part of your story, did you have something immediately come to mind or did you have to search a little bit? Yeah, no, I I immediately had 
uh, instant in my life come to mind. And then I immediately judged it and thought, well, that's not good enough. Maybe I should talk about something else. Um, but, but I'm a big believer in going with the gut instinct and the first, you know, the first urge. So, um, and, and that's what you'd suggested too. So I think I'll take us back to a turning point that happened when I was about 25 years old. It basically, it was a big, ugly breakup, um, at age 25. And it was just one of those things that, one of those moments that really shakes you to the core and makes you question what you're doing with your life. And it's funny looking back on it now, 25 seems so young um, that I had such a fundamental moment. But um, I I was on this path. I'd graduated from university and um, I'd been a smart, I was a smart kid and good at school. So I went to university and I was just on this path with my life. I'd started, I'd studied computer science. I got this really good job in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm originally American, although I live in London now. And um and I was living in D.C. and working and I, you know, did all the things that I was supposed I thought I was supposed to do to to be successful. So I leased a brand new car and I got this fancy apartment and I was I was like always shopping. That was my big hobby. So I would just shop <laughs> for all these things for my apartment because it's the first time I had my own money, you know, and I was I'd grown up in a household that was very frugal and we didn't like it wasn't really acceptable in our family to spend money on lots of things. So I was just like, I was like, I'm going to be a different person. I'm going to be a sophisticated urban person. So I was really going for it and getting promoted. And I got this boyfriend. I'd had a boyfriend for about four years and he was it. I was like, this is it. He was ambitious. I was like, we're going to get married. This is my life. Right. And I had, we had this whole life plan. And then it all fell apart. And that caused me to, it was like this huge slap in the face and a wake up call. And I looked around and it was just like, whose life is this? Like, what am I doing? You know, I guess it's fun from like a egotistical, superficial level. Mm. But I felt so out of a line. I felt like I just lost myself, basically. Like I'd grown up really connecting with nature and out in the woods and I used to talk to trees. I was always um, captivated by learning about old things and antiques. And my grandmother gave me a recipe book back when I was 10 years old from 1901 that was about all how to make everything for the house. So how do you make medicines and remedies and cordials and and all these magical things. And I was so magical and creative and connected. And I'd completely lost that and gone completely the opposite direction. And so that moment going through that breakup just caused me to, to question everything. And, and I didn't know what to do. I had no tools on how to get back in touch with myself at that point because I hadn't done any of that work because I'd just Mm -hmm. been kind of on autopilot Mm -hmm. doing what I thought I was supposed to do to become a successful adult. Um, and so very slowly and painfully, I, um, started to, you know, do some things to get back in touch with my inner voice. And one huge thing that came up was, Hey, you always wanted to move overseas. Like you've always been obsessed with France. You love, you wanted to travel. You wanted, you like, you're this creative person. What's happened to that? And so what, One of the big things that came out of this, I was like, oh, yeah, right. I always want to live in France. As soon as I made that decision, I was like, I'm going to figure it out some way to live in France because I don't know what I'm doing with my life and I'm still a mess. But I 
that feels like the right path. That's like a breadcrumb I can follow. You know, it's something on my inner compass. And what was so interesting is that I found over and over and over again, as soon as you make a decision, even if you don't know how you're going to get there, opportunities just fall out of the out of the air into your lap you know synchronicity happens um and so at that point I got a phone call from a woman who had gone to university with me but we weren't we weren't even hardly friends we were barely acquaintances and she knew of my exact same job but in a French company (laughs) basically just dropped this opportunity into my lap which just came out of the blue. It was so spooky. Um, and that was really my first big step. So I was able to move myself or to get moved to Paris. And that, I think that combination of events and finally getting myself over to Europe, um, was really like the big, it, it kind of, if you imagine my life as like this train going along the track, it's like at that point, somebody picks up the train and put it back on the correct track. It was just like such a monumental shift. Yeah. And um from then on, I felt like it's just been, I don't know. It's like, ah, it just all felt aligned once I did that, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. You you said that you you didn't quite know where to begin to start connecting back in with yourself I mean you clearly knew enough to recognize that you were completely out of alignment Mm -hmm. Um, but how did you begin that that journey of of kind of reconnecting to yourself working out who you who you were aside from all of these things yeah I mean I it's uh, I wish I wish I'd had like present day me in my life then like I wish I'd had an older sister or something a wise a wise grandmother or something that could have come to me and given me some tools because I just was really had no idea what I was doing um and I wasn't on the self-help train then so now I have a huge toolbox of things and I can help people through this but at the time what I went back to was um I used to dance as a child um, like I always took dance lessons. And so a thing that's been really big for me is like getting into my body with breath mm-hmm. and stretching. It's almost yeah. like yoga. So without in a way, right, where you're holding these stretches and you're breathing. So without really knowing what I was doing, I noticed that when I would stretch and really quiet my mind and breathe and just be present and hold these poses, it was really helping me to just I couldn't put words to it at the time, but it just gave me clarity mm-hmm. and grounding and centeredness. So that's one thing that helped. And then also um, journaling. I've always been a big journaler. And I look back at the journals from that time. Oh, they're just a mess. They're painful. I, I actually almost burned them a couple of years ago because I just really don't like to read about that part of my life because it, just, it feels like a different person. And it's just so foreign to me now. Uh, but I saved them because I think it's interesting to look back when there's more distance. Um, but so journaling and just free writing has been something that I did then. And now I do in a much more structured way. Every morning, actually, I write just kind of free write morning pages. And I find that hugely helpful to calibrate my inner compass and, you know, to clear the clear the chatter out of my head and then get yeah. some messages. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ironically. I've just spent the weekend at the Hay House Writers Workshop 
Ooh. And Julia Cameron was there the second oh. time. Um, so, yeah, I started doing morning pages after I saw her and think it was in 2014, 2015. Um, they are so incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing that you you tuned into that without yeah. really knowing necessarily how. I think it was just something I started, I started writing a lot as a child or even, you know, just growing up. I just, I, I just like writing. And so that's something that's always been a good avenue for me. And I know morning pages don't work for everyone because people don't always like to write. And so I think there's, you know, you, people have to find their own path to it. But if you enjoy writing, um, if you find that helpful, then I think morning pages are so therapeutic. And actually, I do mine a little bit differently. So Julia Cameron, in the artist way, she recommends doing three full freehand pages every morning. Yeah. I don't I don't have that limit. But what I found that the tweak I do that I found really useful is I use loose leaf paper. So I actually use like a ream of copy copier printer paper. And um, every morning I take a sheet and I just free write. So I just brain dump and let whatever wants to come out, come out. And if I don't have anything to say that morning, which doesn't, it doesn't happen that often, but if I start <laughs> to get stuck on what to say, I write my affirmations and intentions. So I have certain like phrases that I've picked up, affirmation phrases, and I'll just write those over and over. But the key is when I finish that morning filling my page, I usually just do at least one full page, sometimes front and back. Then I almost use it like a prayer or an offering. Say, I kind of pause and say thank you to the universe, whatever. And then I tear it up and throw it away and imagine all that energy being released. Um, and for me, that's been really powerful because like, if I write in a journal, which is what I used to do, it's permanent in a way. Mm-hmm. I go back and read it in the future. Whereas this is just clearing my head out, setting my intentions, and then releasing it to the world. So I do still have a journal that I write in when I want to really work through an issue or record something or, you know, something like that, that I, it's a different kind of work, but my morning pages are like an offering almost like a just get it out and, and put it out there. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Take us back to, to you making this decision and, um, Mm, so what happened? Yeah. yeah what happened? So, intrigued. <laughs> so I feel like, so I feel like our lives, one of the big, so I just turned 40, just to put okay. it in context. So one of the, you know, so life is still happening. I wouldn't say I'm old enough to have like great wisdom on lots of stuff yet, but I feel like my life has been a series of once I made that big shift onto the right path, then everything else is just like slowly, you know, you head in one direction a little bit. You think that's the right way. Ooh, that wasn't quite right. And then you head a little bit back towards this way. And like, it's more adjustments happening. Mm-hmm. So that was like the huge being taking that brave leap to actually move to France, which was, I was single and didn't know anybody. And I mean, it was quite, it was quite a big thing Definitely. to do that, yeah. to do that big leap. Um, once I'd taken that scary step, these other things felt they were kind of just adjustments. And so the big journey for me so far has been, how do I, how can I do work, my work in the world and get paid for it? 
Mm-hmm. Like for me, that that seems to be the big journey that I've been on and that I'm still on. Um, so it's like, how do I because because I was so caught up in this corporate world that I was involved in and it was there was a lot of boxes it was ticking, you know, it was letting me now I was living in Europe and it was still paying me well and I was able to travel and and it was it was respectable. You know, it was like something my family and friends would my family at least would approve of. So there was all and it was kind of the path you were supposed I felt I was supposed to be on. So there was all these boxes that was saying it's the right direction. But yet me in myself knew it was so not what I was supposed to be doing over the course of the next 10 years. Then it started feeling more and more like this is just like, okay, great. Now I've moved to Europe. That's one big step. But this still isn't quite right. And so um, so I'll just share a little bit um, a magical thing. There's a couple magical things that happened along the way that um, my 25 year old self would have not believed, actually, but I've, I've gotten a bit more open to the magic and the woo as I get older. <laughs> um, so when I was in France, I remember walking into a pharmacy because I had a sore throat or something and talking with the pharmacist about medication, they actually offered me like homeopathy and essential oils and there were herbs behind the counter. And I, now this is so normal to me now, but at the time my mind was like blown that there was a modern society. So this is in what, I mean, 12, 13 years ago, I was, could not believe there were people in mainstream pharmacies still using herbs. And it brought me back to that moment when I was 10 years old and I'd gotten that book from my grandmother with all these recipes. And I, it was like this click of puzzle pieces coming together. And I was like, Oh, right. I've, I love this. I've always been so curious about how did people care for themselves? What is this wisdom of natural healing that we've kind of lost and we've, well, we've forgotten in, in mainstream society? And that really woke me up to it. And within like another year or so, I actually I met my husband who become the guy that becomes my husband. I'd moved to London and in England here, there's still a very big culture of foraging and using plants and herbal medicine. And I remember as soon as I moved here, somehow I discovered Neil's Yard Remedies and um, they had classes on how to start to do herbal medicine and like introduction introduction to herbal medicine in a weekend or something. So I went to that and that was like, it was like all the light bulbs went on, (laughs) you know, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be studying. And so from that moment, so I was still working a, you know, a job in a tech company and commuting and some mornings like crying on the train. I mean, it was a mess, like just, you know, really unhappy, but yet then I'd found this thing that I was so passionate about um, so I started a blog on the side and I, cause I didn't know what to do. So I was like, how can I, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this job situation I'm in, but maybe by, you know, I just need to follow these breadcrumbs, follow these things that feel right. And herbal medicine was that. So I started a blog around that and that really, um, got me going on the path to where I am today, where I work for myself and I'm location independent and I have this, you know, I, I can talk about all these things I'm passionate about. Um, and earn money doing it, which is amazing. But so that was like the first baby step, the next baby step on the journey in that direction. And I'm sure that was the first step of a great many because 
there's such a stark contrast between what you're doing now. I mean, you've you've evolved again as well since since I first found you online um, and where you were as a as a 25 year old. And it, what strikes me listening to you is that actually in the in the sort of time frame of your life as a whole, your current incarnation, you know, working more on your own terms, living more on your own terms, it actually hasn't been that longer period of time. I feel like I've dis- I discovered you 30 years ago, which clearly is well, not possible. But internet years, <laughs> internet years are different. They're like dog years, you know. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I mean, you're so clearly doing what you're meant to be doing. It's, it's like, how, what do you mean you were still in France? You know, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Internet years are really weird. So, because I started, I started the blog in 2009. Um, but so that's 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's 10 years ago. That's crazy. And then I finally quit my corporate job in 2013. So I've been doing this on my own for like six. Well, I started. Yeah. So from 2009 till now, I've been doing it, but I but full time since 2013. Um, but yeah, it just you know I one thing maybe some listeners will resonate with this, but as I move forward on this journey and get older and and just learn more, I feel like I'm actually just becoming more and more myself. Mm. Oh yeah. So I I don't feel so. It's like it's like I spent all these years covering it up and trying to be somebody else and trying to be not intentionally, but trying to be what I thought I was supposed to be trying to be well-rounded. That was a big thing for me being well-rounded and fitting into other people's molds um, because I was too weird. I, you know, who I was naturally is just surely everyone will think that's weird. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's almost this unlearning or this peeling away of the layers. And I just become yeah. more and more myself. I I so agree with you. I really I've absolutely come to that same conclusion as well. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's it's ironic, isn't it? <laughs> it takes us all of these twists and these turns to actually find out that it's it's the easiest thing in the world to let yourself be who you are, but at the same time, it's the hardest as well. Mm. Well, it's scary. Mm. I found that oh I'll t- that's juicy actually I'll talk about that but um but I had this I have a I had a really weird woo woo magical moment that I'd like to share that was kind of another another big pivot along mm-hmm. my journey if that's all right of course yeah so so I had this blog right and I encourage people if you're if you're following these breadcrumbs like you haven't if you're curious about something that's a sign that you're supposed to learn about it and you're supposed to explore it because not everybody is curious about these things. Like who's curious about remedies from our great, great grandmothers? Not that many people. And now I'm into really into genealogy and ancestors. Like that's a pretty, the stuff I'm into is like pretty obscure topic, but the fact that you're interested in it is a sign that you're supposed to go in that direction. I'm convinced. Um, And as time goes on, I get better at trusting that. I used, it used to take me a long time to trust that I should go in that direction. Now I'm like, oh, I'm curious about it. Go there. So I think for anybody out there listening, you know, if, like a great starting point. If you're curious about something, just go after it and then cr- start to share something about it. So I started a blog or start to just explore that topic more. But anyway, so 2009, I've got my day job. I'm 
or it must have been like 2010 or 11 at this point. And and I had the blog. I'd been growing an audience, but I hadn't sold anything. And I just still wasn't sure how I was going to turn this interest into something that would let me quit my job and let me do this full time. And I discovered Martha Beck's book, um, Finding Your North Star, which oh, I just love that book. I don't know how I found this book, but it it the right book sometimes appears when you need it. So that book came to me and I started working through it. And all of her exercises are about calibrating your inner compass so that you're finding your North Star and going in the right direction for you. So I started doing these exercises and that that work prompted me to have the strangest dream I've ever had in my entire life. So I woke up in the middle of the night having had this dream that was so real and so weird. I mean, it was real. I, I, I've never had, I've still never had another dream like that. And the dream was that I was sitting with a council of grandmothers of like wise, influential women and some of whom I knew and some when like there was some celebrities that had been influential in my life and some people I didn't know. And there was like this council of elder women and they told me that um, this was the last corporate job I was ever going to have and that I was supposed to become a counselor. And and I woke up from that dream and it was so weird. I wrote it down and it just stuck with me. I have just never had a dream like that. Now, the next morning I was thinking about it and I was like, first of all, I don't understand what happened at all. That was too weird. But it was so weird that I'm going to go with it and explore it. Um, and I thought counseling. I thought, what what would that the only thing I could think of was like high school guidance counselor. I just thought this doesn't sound like me at all. Like I, <laughs> I I'd never heard of coaching at this point. And so. I started searching about counseling. Eventually that led me to coaching and life coaching. And then I found health coaching. And really when I found that, that was like another huge light bulb moment. I was like, oh, this is the thing that brings it all together. Mm-hmm. It's about the well-being, you know, and the natural remedies, but also about coaching and counseling and helping people. So from following that dream, that really is what inspired me to, um, yeah, start my health coach training. And, and that's what set me, that's really what did it. And then set me off on the path where I suddenly had a way to help the people in my audience and offer services through my website. Um, and, and that, yeah, that started the whole journey, really that one dream. That is incredible. So, and I would, I always try to recreate it. I like, (laughs) there's been several points in my life where I've asked the universe, can you please give me another like prophetic dream like this to give me some guidance? And it's never happened since. So I don't know how to trigger that. (laughs) If anyone knows, I'd love to know. Um, but I guess you get it when I must have been at a point where they were like, wow, you really need an intervention at this point. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. That's what I was thinking. You know, it's because because what you're doing now is so in alignment with who you are as a person. Mm. The council don't need to meet with you. Yes. (laughs) So what would you say have been some of the biggest challenges you've had to deal with to to, you know, to get to this point to to learn how to start really trusting those breadcrumbs mm. and, and to ha- and also to have the courage as well to take action on them. Yeah. Getting through 
being able to sit with fear and not just run away from it. Mm. So feeling fear, identifying it as fear, and then kind of interacting with it. So I do that a lot through writing and try to come at it from different directions and be like, what's really going on? Um, You know, a few years ago when I read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic, Mm -hmm. I think she she puts it in a really understandable format where she talks about um, fear coming along, but it can come along on the road trip, but it has to sit in the backseat. Yes. So it can't navigate and it can't control the music on the radio, but it can sit there quietly because she knows it's just trying to protect her. And when I read that, I was like, yes, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's just always, always going to be there and you kind of need to have a relationship with it so that you just don't let it take the steering wheel. Um, so that's been a big one. The family that I grew up in, which is very like loving family, but we did not, well, we did not express emotions. So it was not acceptable to, well, we just didn't even talk about emotions. No one cried. I didn't cry. Um, we didn't get angry. You just basically dealt with it. Mm, <laughs> and I if something, really relate to that. <laughs> if, if there needed to be a conflict, then you just change yourself to avoid the conflict, basically. Yeah. Like we just, so I really had a lot of resistance to emotions, feeling emotions. To me, emotions were weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea of like, almost like a rejection of the feminine in a way, mm-hmm. because feminine is emotions and feeling your emotions and being vulnerable. And I just like, not just me, but like my ancestral line, at least the maternal line. If I think back of those women, they were all doing that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, oh, sorry, I feel like I've gotten a little bit off topic, but I think this is really interesting. No, that, I, I, and know. I actually really relate to this. This comes through in a lot of my work as, as well, that same realisation. And it is about the ancestral patterns mm. of of being and behaving. And I, you know, there is no off talk. I find this ancestral stuff absolutely fascinating. And if you think, so I'm really into genealogy and tracing where, which has just happened recently. It's something most people don't get into until like, you know, they're retired. And for some reason, I've just been bit by the bug. And what I find is that there, especially on the maternal line, that there's these patterns that just keep being perpetuated and passed down. But for our ancestors, that might have been a safe, smart strategy on how to live. Mm. Like a lot of my ancestors, well, so I was born in America, but they were all immigrants from Europe from between the 1600s, like some of the first settlers, but then also people leaving the potato famine in Ireland and leaving like really hard situations in Luxembourg and Germany and coming over um, in the 1800s. And, you know, a lot of these women, I think my hunch is we're in marriages that might not have been great, certainly not like how we define the type of marriages we'd want to have today. And so I think maybe, you know, suppressing your emotions and just dealing with stuff and taking care of everybody else before yourself was probably a good survival strategy. But we don't need to do that today. And so I'm it's super hard to break these patterns Mm -hmm. because it's how it's how you've been raised and how your mother's been raised and how all this stuff coming through. Um, 
And so I've been, yeah, I've been really looking at that, especially around feelings and that emotions. And that's been one of the big, one of the big lessons for me is not just sitting with fear, but sitting with all my emotions and using those emotions, like um, a huge insight for me, maybe this will be obvious to some other people that are more emotionally tuned, but was that emotions are like waves. So they come, you know, they hit a big peak and then they kind of flow. So you're not going to have this strong emotion forever. And the thing is, you just need to let it happen. You need to acknowledge it, say, hey, I'm having this emotion and be with it. And then it's going to fade out and teach you what you need to know. Whereas my old strategy was oh, emotion, oh, squish it down, ignore it. And, <laughs> and if you do that, then it just stays there. Like all this tension and anxiety is staying in your body and you're not actually learning anything from it, you know? And so that's been a big learning for me is just to let the emotional wave happen and see what comes up and see what I want to learn, see what I can learn from it. Um, oh, it's so much better. I wish I, I wish somebody had told me that when I was <laughs> teenage years, you know, like such a good thing to know. I wish they yeah. taught this stuff in school. It's so important. But Absolutely. I think, that's the nature of, of these kinds of self-discovery journeys. It's it's all the learnings that we really should have had in school, but we didn't. And <laughs> probably still not teaching this kind of stuff in school. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I love how you expressed that, what learning to sit with emotion has done for you. Um, you know, because a lot of the people that listen to this, will probably be very similar because we're we're similar generation and you know especially the Brits <laughs> the stiff upper lip thing mm-hmm. um and, and yeah it, you know the people that that went before us did carry a line of having to toe the line and and stay under the radar to mm-hmm. some extent and, and you know, anything to kind of get through life successfully, even though that's not really success to squash yourself. I'm glad you brought that up. So thank you. If I kind of look back, this is a really interesting conversation because I don't rarely, I, I rarely get the chance to kind of look back at that whole transformation. But I think one of the big takeaways and lessons from my experience is that you really can create You can create whatever kind of life you want. Mm. I know that sounds, that might sound a little like idealistic and and whatever, but the thing that we can't control is how and when. But what I've found is if you, if you get clear on what you want, like how do you want to feel every day? What are the, what are your natural strengths? What lights you up? What do you love to do? And if you just throw that out there as a vision, like these big swaths, especially around how you want to feel and what types of activities you want to be doing on a day-to-day basis, if you throw that out there and write about it in your morning pages or whatever your practice is, things line up magically somehow to start to move you in that direction. Mm-hmm. And and so I think I don't know. That's something that I just wish I could share with more people mm-hmm. is that you might not and you're not going to end up exactly on the time frame that you want. You're not going to end up in the exact beach house you want in this certain place. Right. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. I don't think. But these general swaths of how you want to feel, what you want to create, what you want to be doing. There are many different ways to get there and that you just need to like claim it 
own it. Be like, that's what I want. That's the direction I want to move in. And then kind of surrender a little bit and be willing to see what paths unfold in front of you. That's been my experience. Beautifully expressed. Brought that back into an unfolding pathway as well, because that's exactly what happens. Mm. And, you know, for you, looking back and recognising that it all came from that point when you were 25 and you, you know, you would have just thought it was all over. Everything was falling down around you kind of thing. You know, that this whole life you built up. And then you suddenly realise you don't want anything, any of that. What's it been like to look back at that? Well, that's crazy. Like, I look back and I think, thank God I went through that breakup. Like, I I am terrified to think of what my life would have been like if I would have continued on that path. Well, because I thought I, I was just being led by my head and and really by other people, by what I thought other people what other people thought I should do or something. I don't know. I was not being led at all by my gut and my heart and my true path. Mm-hmm. And so when I look back at that, I just think, oh, I really dodged a bullet there, actually, because, I mean, I don't know how that relation that relationship would not have worked. That life would not have worked out. And I would have ended up having the Elizabeth Gilbert moment on the floor, crying in the bathroom and then totally changing my life, I think, because it just I could not have been the real Amanda being on that path. I don't see how that could have happened. So, oh, God, it was awful to go through it, though. And I felt so lost. And and so it just, you know, I hope. I hope, you know, whenever if if when another bad time like that comes around, when I have those dark moments, you know, hopefully, well, it's hard to say that, isn't it? But you hope mm-hmm. now, having been through those things, and you realize that actually sometimes you come out the other side and you're more yourself. And so yeah. I just hope I can have trust in that as I keep moving forward that, that, yeah, it's just, I just need to let it unfold. It might not unfold exactly how I want it to on my own time frame, but yeah. it's happening. It's happening like it needs to be happening. So for some reason. Yeah, you know, that's the whole reason I wanted to have these conversations because turning points happen to us all. I'm mm-hmm. in the middle of one right now and and my biggest learning really and you've you've mentioned this as well, is is learning to just trust. And trust in my trust. <laughs> you know, I learned to trust a long time ago, but learning to trust and surrender are so so vital because there is there is magic in the world and every conversation proves it so what do you really love about where you are now in your life i'm really i'm actually in a really good place at the moment so i'm um i've shifted the work i run a podcast i've got a book and stuff and i feel like i've got this platform now over the past years of what i've built up that i really have a a way to share whatever it is that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. And that's so cool. I think that's what I was going for the whole time, like a way where I can talk about ancestors and plants and, and still like geeky technology stuff when I want to, like I have a, I have a platform and I have these community of wonderful people um, who who think it's okay that I share this, then they're interested in it, you know, because mm-hmm. they're curious about this stuff too. So I think that's one thing that I'm just really grateful for 
is that I've stuck with it. Um, even during the ups and downs and when it didn't feel quite right and when I didn't know what I was doing and da da da. But, you know, it's actually, I've been able to stick with this platform and now I feel like it's something that, that I've really grown into and it's really me and that I hope can evolve with me, you know, for the next however many years of my life that I want to do this. So mm-hmm. I feel very grateful to be able to finally be able to do this kind of creative work. Um, and, but I don't, I just want to say like, I feel very, I feel very grateful about that, but it's not, it's not like it just fell into my lap, right? And everybody can do something like, like you, that's what I mean. You can create the kind of life you want. So you might not know all the steps, but by getting clear on like your strengths and what you want to put out there, I think these things do unfold. Like they, yeah, you'll get there. Yeah. And one one of the things I love about your work is that, um, you know, I found you when I was looking for a way to to earn a living doing what I wanted to do as well. So your journey of discovering how to do that has become one of the the things that that's been mm-hmm. your gift to others mm-hmm. because you actually you offer a pathway. You 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 enable and empower people to do that through your work now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing, isn't it, how these things work out? Yeah, and I had so much resistance to sharing my own journey. I think a lot of us do. Like we think, well, I just want to be the expert and I'll just teach people something. But actually showing showing the reality of the path and what happens and what's worked for you and what doesn't and showing that journey is what people really connect with. You don't need to be the one who has it all figured out in order to be able to provide value to others. Um, and I think that's really, really important to really take to heart that you don't have to have it all figured out in order to start and help people. There was somebody listening to this who sort of has these intuitive nudges and, and has little breadcrumbs appear, but doesn't quite trust themselves. What would be your biggest tip or secret for helping them take a chance on those nudges Mm. i love to look at things like an experiment Mm. so if you have this little nudge or a little curiosity don't quit your job and try to like start a whole business around it or don't you know you don't need to make a dramatic step some people like to do that that's fine if you do (laughs) but but for most of us all you need to do is just take a little micro action in that direction. So if you like how I did, I was interested in this stuff. So I went and I started a blog and I started writing about it. These days, it's probably easier to just start sharing about it on Instagram. Yeah. If you like Instagram. I mean, that's such an easy platform to get started. Just start talking about it. See what what does it feel like in your body to talk about that? What kind of person? Are you? Who do you need to be to show up and talk about that kind of stuff? What kind of reaction do you get? Like, just explore it. Share what you're learning. So I like to look at these things as as experiments. So it's not it's not forever. You don't have to make this grand. People always want to make, and I did too, make this huge announcement about this new direction they're taking. You don't need to do that unless you want to. You can just start. Just start doing it in a small way and try it out. And then you have the choice whether you want to continue or not. So I think a lot of it is you follow the breadcrumbs in a few, you know, in this direction, and then it's going to adjust a little bit. And then maybe you go back in that direction a little bit. And it's like 
it's like it must be like sailing where you kind of like back and forth <laughs> yes. and back and forth to get in a straight line. It's not exactly a straight line. And so just I think if you look at it as an experiment, um, that takes the pressure off from having to have it be perfect. Mm, beautiful. Where can people come and find out more about your juicy work, especially the ancestral stuff? It's a, it's a thing that's coming through for a lot of us at the moment. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's really, yeah. I'm seeing it yeah. much more, especially about this maternal line stuff is really, yeah. um, really coming up. Definitely. Um, so my website and my whole business is called Wellpreneur. And one thing, I think if you're interested in that, the ancestors and just exploring these more woo topics and, um, you know, learning to use that in your life and your work. I'm running a membership program now called Alchemy in Action. And that is the best place because we're this community of entrepreneurs who is exploring how to live and work a bit differently. So how do you tune into the seasons and use the natural energy to help make everything easier? You know, go with the natural energy, exploring things like these woo topics like ancestors and crystals and chakras and, um, we do these little rituals and intentions. And so it's really, it's like this safe space community to start to explore this stuff and learn how practically we can incorporate it into our lives. And as we grow our businesses. So I think if you're, if you have a business or you're thinking about starting a business and you're interested in this woo, that's a good place. Um, so that's on my website at um, wellpreneur.com slash alchemy. That's probably the best place to come and learn about that. Obviously, I've got my podcast, too, The Wellpreneur You podcast. have. That's how I found yeah. you, I think, originally. <laughs> so, of course, people can listen over there, too, and we cover these topics as well from time to time. So It's yeah, a I'd really good podcast as well. Oh, thank you. It's a lot of fun. It's my one of my favorite things. Well, maybe my top number one favorite thing that I do, I think. I love podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you show up and shine. Thank you. It's so fun. Is there anything else you feel you might like to to share or say? No, just trust trust those little trust your curiosity. That's the message I want to leave everybody with. Just if you're curious about something, there's a reason, and not everybody else is curious about that same thing. So just let yourself explore it. You know, give yourself permission to just dip your toe in the water and see where it leads. Um, yeah, I'd love to connect with any of the listeners out there that found this helpful. Um, so feel free to get in touch. But this has been wonderful to be here. I think you'll be astonished when you get to listen back to this, at how many nuggets of wisdom you've shared. And um, yeah, I'm really I'm really grateful for you, your time, your wisdom. And I, I think what you've shared will resonate with a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you, Helen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Turning Point Project. If you found this episode useful, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment. If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author or join the free magical life movement at HelenRebello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day and I'll catch you in the next episode.